I, I, I would love for him to tell your test, his testimony, but I'm not sure that it would be wise to stream it. So maybe we'll figure out the way I've just been here. I just heard an amazing testimony. Woo, Lord, have mercy. Hallelujah. Let's, let's, <laughs> I mean, there's so much stuff going on. Uh, we, we, maybe we'll do it at the end of it after it's time to turn it off. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you right now, everywhere I'm turning, I'm either for us or people, uh, others, some of you, others that are not here, God is opening some doors right now. I think it would be right for us to stand right now and take however long is necessary for us to just give God true thanks. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm reluctant to share this because I am hoping that not only are there people that are in this category either online or will be watching this later, but I have to give testimony to the Lord, and we'll just have to let him worry about that. Uh, I know I'm hoarse, but whoever's the usher, I I need the fan on a little bit. i got to have a little bit of air movement. Um, <clears throat> thank you. The Lord has been so good to me, and he's, I've seen him done, do so many amazing, awesome things. Um, I, it's not that I don't want you to praise God, but if you let me finish, then we'll praise him. Okay. Standing here right now, Apostolic Iron has 51,109 likes. That's a 1,000 in the last hour plus. It, I, I didn't know how any of this operated. I just did it, and I'm learning on the go, and I still know so little about it. And, how it operates and how to effectively use it. But, and I know most of you probably know this, but on a, uh, a business page is basically what this is. It's a commercial page. Uh, people sell products doing this stuff all the time. Um, every person that likes your page 
they have agreed to accept every single thing that you post on your on your page on their timeline and it stays on their timeline for 28 days unless they choose to hide the post and i have analytics is what they're it's called the the, the analysis program that lets me know that's that very 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 few people like less than one tenth of one percent hide a post. This morning, and it's still being being boosted, is what they call it. You, every person that likes your page, everything you put on your page goes to their page for free. You have to pay a thing. Then, if they share the page, it goes to all of their friends for free. But then in addition to that, you can pay whatever you choose or are able to pay. And depending on how much money you pay, they tell you what the full reach of all of the friends are of all of your likes combined. Some of you aren't going to believe this. I guess I'd have to show you. This morning, I had the potential, if I had the money, to boost any article I post to 5.6 million people. I know it's hard to wrap your brain around that, isn't it? It's just... Beyond comprehension, I, those of you that may have seen this, I, the, the little description of the page, and I know you're standing, but you're about to sit down and I'll still be standing, so just rest a minute. <laughs> the page originally was described, or the, the comment, the, the, the thought on the page that you could read what it's about. It used to say, thoughts on the Word of God from Bishop C.M. Wright. But it's been changed by me to read thoughts on the word of God from Bishop C.M. Wright and others on the Apostolic Iron Ministry team. In other words, with uh, video testimonies, if you are under 35 and you have personally had a truly Everybody that's saved, it's it's a miracle. But if you've got a testimony that would move people, you don't even have to do it professionally. Just get your get your, your cell phone out. Have somebody hold it for you. And uh, make sure you keep it in landscape mode, not portrait. And give your testimony on a five to seven minute clip about what God did to save you. We're going to flood. I can attach that video directly to the page. This morning, the latest figures I've got is is that 65% of all of that 50 plus thousand are males between the ages of 13 and 34. 
and you add in the other 22 or so percent that are ladies between 13 and 34, and only about 15 or 16 percent of all the people following this page worldwide are between 35 and up. And you know the only nation that those numbers are reversed in? This one. Almost all of my older likes in the grand total come from this country. That means whatever your opinion may be, the young people of this world are hungry for truth. I said, of this world. I wrote Brother Howell on Monday morning, and I am hoping to make arrangements so that I will have a contact person at Global Missions that I can send someone's information to, and that person will immediately contact our missionary in that nation and try to locate a church close to them. Amen. Uh, you know, it's just when you see God doing something that's so totally out of human control, it is so awesome to see and experience. As God supplies, it would be a simple thing to have a hundred thousand by the end of the month. And that may be undershooting it. Because as I have just been speaking, we went from fifty one one oh nine to 51, uh, yeah, 51, 109, to 51, 188. In just these few moments. Just these few moments. And you say, what are you, this is the thing that blows my mind. What, what, what are you doing to get all these people? I don't know. If you've seen the page, that little logo, Okay, all, all I'm doing is paying to have that little logo and that little brief description of what, the, what it's about. Just put on pages. And people are clicking that, going to the page, seeing what it is, and liking it. Now, it's got to be God. I not only have never clicked on one of those little ads, I don't even look and see what they are. So what is it that's causing these people 
to even look at that first. Second of all, who is it that's causing them once they look at it to say, I might be interested in this. And then going to the page and it becoming really obvious really quickly that this page probably isn't about their religion. And then clicking like. Who's doing that? Who's doing that? So, would you help me pray right now? Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. 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 Father. I I don't know. I don't remember if I said this, but let let me let me say this one more time. When your when your when your likes increases, your your reach increases to five point. Right now, it's at five point six million. But here's the here's the thing. It's mind blowing. For a hundred dollars this morning, I boosted a post that I felt so strongly God gave me, and Facebook is guaranteeing that for a hundred dollars, that post is going to go to no less than two hundred and fifty thousand people, and they they're saying it could go. They give you a range. It could go to half a million for a hundred dollars. Is that just? And the more people that like it, the greater the range, the more people you can reach for the same money. I'm sorry. I consider myself to be a fairly progressive, forward thinker. But my mind is so being blown. It's blown. My mind's being blown. God's doing something here. If you... I'm opening this up. Now, we we can do it here as professionals. We're capable. But you don't have to do it here. Like I said, use your phone. Just make sure your face is well lit. Okay? Make sure the phone is held steady. But if you're within enough feet that it picks up, check it before you send it. Make sure the audio is good. Make sure somebody didn't walk behind you. But share your testimony. 
about how God saved you, what he brought you from, how he did that. Five minutes, seven minutes, ten max. There's a reason why YouTube only allows ten minutes. Because this generation's attention span is pretty short till they get the Holy Ghost. Send it. We'd be happy. You know, this isn't about CM Wright. This isn't about Antioch Church. This is about the gospel. And hey, these people, 99.9999% of them aren't going to come to church here. It's not about building this church. It's about preaching the gospel. I mean, that's, I, you may, this may sound strange to you, but I can't tell you how much that excites me. The idea, you know, you, you pray you want to have pure motives. You, you, you let God search your heart. You want to have pure motives. And, but there's so few things that you can involve yourself in that you honestly can see. There's nothing in it for you but the privilege of participating. It's just the privilege of being a part. Let's, let's pray one more time. Can we pray? Come on, let's pray. Thank you for praying. Thank you for praying. Thank you for praying. Thank you. The word says without him, I can't do it. But I'm confessing to you. Without you, I can't do it either. Oh, we can do it if we'll pray. God will use us if we'll pray. God will open doors if we pray. God will make a way if we pray.
I, I have to pray that I did not, uh, I know I didn't do it consciously. But when this first started, God specifically spoke to me. I could not ask for an offering. I haven't asked for an offering from our church. The Lord told me he would supply. And that I was to trust him. And that he would supply what he wanted to be used. And I wasn't supposed to use any other method to get funds to do this other than what he supplied. And so, the only thing I have to pray is that I didn't subconsciously or otherwise because I I got to please God. And I don't want to be any part of this if if he's not 100% the middle of it. So with all of that being said, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, it is exciting. Praise God. Yeah. Several people have asked. We do have the ability through our PayPal account to take credit cards so or debit cards. So several ask. I'll be right over there in the corner if you would like to come do that. And, and, and I'll be right over there in the corner while you do it, okay? Please be seated. Well, I don't have to encourage you to go to the page and see what's going on, do I? I would say this. Uh, unless you don't want your friends to hear any of the stuff you've heard this week, uh, then if you haven't liked the page yet, it would really be great if you did. Okay. <laughs> because uh, every person that likes page has opens it up to their friends and any of your friends that like it opens it up to their friends and praise God. I tell you what's amazing. I got over five thousand well five thousand friends plus uh followers on Facebook my regular Facebook page and according to Apostolic Irons uh statements only twelve hundred of those have signed up for to like Apostolic Irons. No, 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 no. Look at the positive of that. I post the same thing on my Facebook page on Apostolic Iron. I'm automatically boosting that same message for free to another 4,000 people. And anybody they share it with.
I'm not even reading that message right now. <laughs> People online are wanting to do something. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Uh, did we put that on the main page yet? On apostoliciron.com? Well, I guess we blew that one, huh? <laughs> Is that on the regular Antioch, the Antioch.com page? Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, it's on live stream? Okay, all right. I think I'd like to teach. I'd be a whole lot more comfortable if we were teaching, if I was teaching, so let's teach. Sister Elizabeth, deliver me and go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. Oh, Jesus. I was overwhelmed before. I'm pretty overwhelmed right now. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. I really don't believe I have to say this to you, but I'm going to say it anyway. We rigidly here only ever use funds for what it's given for. We never cross over ever. Hang on. Yes, sir. Go ahead. <laughs> Somebody's wanting to put that out on some some other source or whatever. <laughs> uh, I talked about you being too tired to resist. I didn't expect that to be turned back on me. In Jesus' name, and you hath he quickened, <laughs> who were dead. In trespasses and sins. Verse 2. Wherein in time past. This is what you used to be. But for 7 billion plus. They still are. In time past. You walked according to the course of this world. Get ready Elizabeth. I want to go to Amplified on this. Wherein in time past. You walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit thou now worketh in the children of disobedience. Amplified. That's pretty small. So in which at one time you walked habitually, you were following the course and fashion of this world, were under the sway of the tendency of this present age. Following the prince of the power of the air, you were obedient to and under the control of the demon spirit that constantly works in the sons of disobedience, the careless, the rebellious, and the unbelieving who go against the purposes of God. And that all defines another word, iniquity. 
King James, verse 3, please. Among whom also we all had our conversation. Again, that's King James for a much broader word, which is lifestyle. Among whom we all had our lifestyle in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Amplified, please. Verse 3, thank you. Among these, we as well as you once lived and conducted ourselves in the passions of our flesh, our behavior governed by our corrupt and sensual nature, obeying the impulses of the flesh and the thoughts of the mind, our cravings dictated by our senses and our dark imaginings. We were then by nature children of God's wrath, and heirs of his indignation like the rest of mankind. Dear precious people, it's clear enough in the King James, but if we go to the Amplified, do you understand I don't mean with your head. I know your head understands it. But in your heart, do you understand this is describing the condition of the people of our world? It's describing how they are like that. The World Network of Prayer has an effort called Plowing Before the Harvest, Before the Planting. They put together teams of people to go into where a church plant is being done. And that team goes in for a week or so, and all they do is war, pray. And their understanding is, which I won. 110% agree with is that you can't sow seed on fallow ground. Sowing the seed is preaching the gospel. I don't mean from a pulpit because every one of us has the spirit of the evangelist in us. Every one of us has the ability to go share the gospel with someone. Preaching doesn't mean stand in the pulpit, hold a microphone, or wear a a lavalier. No, preaching means you're going to announce or pronounce the good news. You're announcing the good news from to someone. There are testimonies that I know personally of people sitting in this room right now that is no way they could be saved. 
without some kind of supernatural involvement to first set them free from what they were involved with. There's no way, folks, this is called a war. We're going to be doing the final area of warfare tonight. But I'm, I'm talking about the more general principle today. I've never taught on these verses right here in Call to War before, ever. I basically focused on these verses, 2 Corinthians 4, beginning with verse 3, Elizabeth, please. This is primarily where I've, I've focused on. Uh, let's do it in the, in the King James first. Thank you. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid them that are lost. Let's read the next verse in King James first. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest, now listen to this now. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Next verse. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, the infinite one and ourselves your service for jesus sake next verse for god who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of god in the face of the logos do you see how this fits together says the same thing. Now, if we dare, let's read these same verses from the Amplified, starting with verse 3. Oh, Lord. King James is convicting enough, but the Amplified just absolutely just drives the point to kingdom come. But even if our gospel, the glad tidings, also be hidden, obscured, and covered up with a veil that hinders the knowledge of God, hear me right now, listen to me. This is what we don't understand. The Greek word tra translated there, hidden and blinded, they're not, it doesn't mean no light. It doesn't mean Total darkness. The God of this world hath blinded the minds. The Greek word there is opaque. Do you know what it means? You, you, surely you do, whether you knew that's what it was called or not. Do you know what the word opacity is? You've seen windows that were windows, but you couldn't see through them. Light would come in, but you couldn't see through them. That's called Opacity, that's the Greek word for blind. It's far more dangerous than total blindness. Because through that opacity, you can see some light. Through that opacity, you can see movement. You can see shapes. And if that's all you've ever known, you can convince yourself you see. And therefore, you don't need God. You already see light. You already see God. But you're looking through a glass darkly or hindered. It's an opaque glass. So you see, but you don't see. 
And so you're harder to convince that you don't see than the person who's totally blind. They know they don't see, but the people that the devil blinds, he blinds them enough so that they don't see but don't know they don't see. Let's see if we can sing that off of them. Let's see if we can write our message out and read it good enough to get it off of them. I'm going to tell you something you don't understand about me. (laughs) I really am. My nature is very task-oriented. I'm a problem solver. I'm a fixer. I'm a decision maker. I had that gifting before I went to the Naval Academy. They spent four years honing that decision-making ability because they were teaching me and all the others that go through those academies how to make decisions to send men to die. That's the purpose. Not so people will die. But you've got to be able to accept your responsibility to the point that if the safety of the nation and the defense of the Constitution requires it, that you're willing to give the order knowing that the men you send out may not come back. Now, when you become that kind of decision maker, you are a decision maker. A lot of people claim to be decision makers. They're not decision makers. They only make comfortable decisions. Decisions that benefit them. But when you can see the mission and you can see the purpose and you can see the cause to the degree that you can bring yourself to make a decision that means a wife's not going to have her husband coming home, that children are not going to see their father alive again, that moms and dads are going to bury their son. Or daughter today. And yet you can understand the cause and the need and the purpose enough that you're able to make that decision in spite of that. And you know these people and you love them. You care about them. They're your people. They look to you. You're their leader. And because they know you and they trust you. They know also that you're making a decision that's sending them out to die. But they trust you to do it anyway. That's my nature. That's what I've been trained to do. And then on top of that, my my BS is in engineering. And my, the emphasis was applied engineering mathematics. And I'm a, I'm a two plus two kind of guy. I don't play video games. I really don't. I, I don't. Uh, I got solitaire on here. I don't play it because there's too much luck involved. I don't believe in luck. The game I, have, I do play is free cell because every free cell game can be solved. And my current winning streak (laughs) is up to 
916 in a row without losing. And I probably only play a few games a day. And not every day. But every once in a while, my brain's kind of fried and I'm just sitting around. And I, I, you know, and it just kind of is an exercise for the mind. And so I, I'll pull it up and play it. And, and I play them until I can get the one hard enough to challenge a little bit. That's how my brain works. And I am aware, far more than you can imagine, that in not one session in this meeting have I been able to logically present evidence and lead through to a conclusion that you can't deny. Because I love it. I wouldn't have enjoyed practicing law for the law's sake, but I I would have enjoyed practicing law for that benefit. This is what I'm going to prove to you. Here's the evidence. I proved it to you. If you're if you're not stupid, you're going to vote in my my favor because I just proved to you my point. I can't tell you how many years it took me took the Lord to show me that that approach is not his approach because he didn't call me to do the convincing. He called me to do the presenting and to leave the convincing to him. I don't think you get it, how it's totally against my nature to let him flow when it interrupts my train of thought. I, I, I give my statement and, and the point I'm trying to prove and I begin to lay out that evidence and, and I've been accused of driving a nail flush with the board, getting a nail set out and, and driving the nail set till it was flush with the board and get another nail set out and drive and, and set that nail set and drive that nail set flush with the board and just quit because I'm bored. That's me. That's my nature. That's why. Don't you go leaving here talking about Chester Wright. In Jesus' name, don't you go leaving here talking about Chester Wright. Because what's been done here has been done by me cooperating. None of it's been done the way I would have done it. So it can't be me. Oh, I know some of you just, now that sounds good. Your problem. The only one that has to believe that's tr- true is the one that's looking right now. Right. The point I'm trying to make with all this rambling right now is that I know that I haven't been able to just lay it all out. I mean, that syllabus from the first call of war, <laughs> that's a whole lot more like I would do it.
He permitted that. I got a feeling he's not going to let me be quiet that detail in this time around. I'm just wandering. You think I'm just wandering. I've learned that at this stage, you got to give people just a few moments, wrap their head around stuff so you tell stories. Really? Because the first few days, the purpose is to so overwhelm your brain, you have to quit thinking. But now, the point is, I recognize, okay, I got I to let the Spirit catch up with that. Because you're, you're, right now you're receiving it. So, I'm coming back. Now that you've had a break. But even if our gospel, the glad tidings also be hidden, obscured and covered up with a veil that hinders the knowledge of God. It hinders the knowledge of God. The, the gospel is hidden. Because a veil has been put over their eyes to hinder the knowledge of God. It is hidden only to those who are perishing and obscured. And obscured only to those who are spiritually dying and veiled. Only to those that are lost. Well, that, whew, that leaves us out, doesn't it? Wow, isn't that great? So let's get the hymnals out and sing when we all get to heaven. And oh, I want to see him. And... uh Come on, Jesus, right now, because I want me saved and out of here. That's their problem, not mine. I'm saved. I got mine. Next verse. Still in the Amplified. For the God of this world has blinded the unbelievers' minds that they should not discern the truth, prevent, preventing them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, the Messiah, who is the image and likeness of the infinite God. Next verse. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord, and ourselves merely as your servants or slaves. The Greek word there is doulos, which is not minister, but literally slave. Slaves for Jesus' sake. Next verse. For God who said, let, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts so as to beam forth the light from the illumination of the knowledge of the majesty and glory of God as it is manifest in the person and is revealed in the face of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Logos, made flesh. Precious ones, friends, brothers, sisters. In Jesus' name, let the facts of the truth find a lodging place in the deepest part of your soul so that you can no longer live in denial. And continue to believe that they're lost because they want to be. And that they don't want what we've got. Brother Barnes was quoted last night. I didn't have a chance to be around him a lot, but I appreciated a few occasions. A couple of times I got to visit him in his office. 
He said to me more than once, Brother Wright, this is years ago now, Brother Wright, the lost are blinded in their minds by the devil. And they can't even decide whether or not they want to be saved until somebody with the authority to do so delivers them from the blindness. Doing spiritual warfare doesn't guarantee all those people who are blessed by it are going to be saved. But not doing warfare and leaving them in their blindness does guarantee they're going to be lost. Because if our gospel is hid, it is hid to them that are lost. So I'm going back. I'm going back. We've got the first nail set set. So I'm getting out the second nail set. Ephesians chapter 2. Here, please, 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 I, I beg of you, not for your sake, not for my sake, not for some church organization's sake, but for these poor people who are helpless and hopeless without somebody who cares. I beg of you to receive this. I beg of you to let this impact you like you've never let anything impact you in your life. And you hath he quickened. And he tells you what you came out of. But he's also telling you what everybody else is still in. Who were dead. Dead. I forget where it is. You may remember it. I think it was, I think it was Paul that said, she who liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. In this world, in this country, we are addicted to fun. That's just another way of saying we're lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Which fulfills the prophecy. But you hear me right now. I love to see alcoholics and drug addicts and perverts and everybody else who's sinning to the extreme pray through. You know why? No, no, no. Thank you for responding. But you don't know what you're responding to. John chapter 7. I'm coming back to Ephesians, baby. John chapter 7, verse 37. In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly, as King James language, shall flow rivers of living water. The word belly there in the Greek means literally cavity. Figuratively, it means emptiness. And so, since a void desires to be filled, that's the property of a void. 
No void is content being a void naturally, spiritually, in space and on this earth. That is the rule. That is the law of a void. A void demands being filled. That's why those black holes suck everything into it. Solar systems and stars and all that. Because a void has to be filled. And almost other, every other translation except the King James translates Ecclesiastes 3 and 11 this way. God has put eternity in the heart of every man. God created you without you being complete. He only created the natural part of you. And he left in the middle of every created human being an emptiness so large that it is eternity. And it can't be filled by anything in this life. But people that are in darkness know no nothing else to try to fill it with. So the greater they sense and the less they're in denial of the emptiness, the more they are desperate to fill it. So instead of rejecting the drug addict and rejecting the alcoholic and rejecting the prostitute and rejecting the person that's living a perverted lifestyle, understand something that if they finally find the only one that can fill that emptiness, they will live as hard for Jesus as they sought in the world to fill that emptiness. Desire is neither good or bad. All desire is a product of that emptiness desiring to be filled. And some use that, that, some because they don't know better, they channel that desire into things that we point our fingers down our nose at and we want to hang them over hell to feel better about ourselves with no compassion, no love, no mercy, no burden, just, just to put our, our Thumb pits and thumbs in our smelly armpits and crow about how seed saved we are and how lost they are. At least they're living a hundred percent for their God. At least they're living a hundred percent for their God. At least they're living a hundred percent for their God. But people don't always do bad stuff to fill that emptiness. Some people try to get as educated as they can get to fill that emptiness. Other people try to do as much good for people to fill that emptiness as they can. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they become crusaders trying to fill that emptiness. Some people make idols out of their husband or their wife or their kids trying to fill that emptiness. Some people make church 
into an idol trying to fill that emptiness. Some people make doctrine into an idol trying to fill that emptiness. There's only one who can fill that emptiness. And that's the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Our adversary understands this much. He understands how that emptiness works. And so therefore, he knows that if he can keep them blinded of the possibility to receive that emptiness being filled from God, he can keep them addicted to whatever things they get involved with, trying to fill their emptiness. But if a child of God, forget their giftings, what they have or don't have. They could be a five-talent child of God or a one-talent child of God. God doesn't see them anything, any different. Take what you're given, do something with it. So let's do it this way. What if a one-talent child of God just made up their mind that they were going to use that one talent to pray the blindness Of those souls. What would happen. When that mind suddenly saw. That there's not only other options. But there's other options that are so much better. And that there is really one. Who can fill that emptiness. And it will stay filled. As long as you stay in fellowship with him. How hard do you think it's going to be to see them saved. How hard do you think it'll be to get them to come to God if they can just see that they have other options because they're blinded to the only options they know and they know somewhere in them it does not, it's not working, but they have to keep doing it. That's why an alcoholic quickly finds out that the alcohol stops filling the emptiness, but the fear of the negative impact of no longer drinking is the, is what keeps them drinking. They no longer drink to be drunk. They keep, they keep drinking to keep from being sick. The drug addict quickly learns that the, the benefit of the drugs wears off and it diminishes so rapidly that you can't get any benefit from it anymore. But, but there comes a point where they have to keep using drugs to keep from being sick. That's the power of the emptiness. But oh, I've got light. And I not only have light, I saw I had options. And I took him up on his option. And he said, he that believeth on me, as the scripture had said, out of his eternal emptiness, that's going to be so filled by the eternal infinite one, that there's going to be rivers that he's going to so fill my emptiness that the overflow is not going to be a trickle. The overflow is not going to be a stream. The overflow is going to be rivers. 
if I had been permitted on Wednesday night, this is one of the things I would have talked about. How, my friend, can there not be a continuous flow of spontaneous praise, worship, and thanksgiving out of a heart and a soul and a being that has its own spring constantly supplying the source of these rivers. Rivers. Are you ready? Are you ready? The word flow is the Greek word E-R. E-O. And this is the only place in the King James New Testament that the word is translated flow. All other places, it is translated to speak or to say. And it is the verb that is the root word of rhema. So ereo is supernatural utterance. So when my emptiness gets full, there's going to be an overflow. And guess how that overflow is going to manifest itself most of the time? Supernatural utterance. Just supernatural utterance. You don't have to teach people how to speak in tongues. Just help them, minister to them, and help them get all the stuff that's in that well that's clogging up the flow. Get it out of there. Abraham dug wells, and the Philistines filled them up. But Isaac came back, and he, he found his father's well, and he saw that the wells had been filled with earth and garbage. That's what the world will do to you well if you, you're well if you allow it. So Isaac dug the wells out again and renewed the flow. But when they did, when he did, the Philistines wanted that well back. They clogged it up. But the man of God came along and got it clear and they wanted the flow again. So he didn't fuss with them. He just went and found the next one that they clogged up. He cleared it out, got the flow going again. They wanted it back. Sure thing. He went to the next one that his father had dug, and he cleared it out, got the flow going again. Finally, he gets the one that they don't want back, and he says, okay, praise God, I found a place. How many people of God did you fellowship with to sit on the seats of the same church you go to, whether you're a saint or pastor, are sitting there with wells that are clogged up, that aren't flowing, that they need ministry. They don't need to be shamed. They don't need to be preached. They don't need to be manipulated to get involved with praise. You just need to help them get the well click clogged out, uh, unclogged. Get the flow going again. When you get the flow going again, it'll fill the well up. When the well gets full, it'll begin to overflow. And when it begins to overflow, 
praise and worship and thanksgiving are going to happen. So the lost, they're blinded all of this. They don't know this. So they've tried to pour all kind of stuff in there. And since emptiness is the source of desire, and it, there's no good desire, evil desire, there's just desire. And the blind choose to put other stuff in their emptiness because they don't know any better. That's why the hottest part of hell is reserved for the one who has heard the good word of God and tasted of the power of the world to come and gone back and put that garbage back in their well. He that did not know his master's will and did it not shall be beaten with few stripes. But he that knew his master's will and did it not shall be beaten with many stripes. You can believe what you want to believe, but I do believe there are degrees of punishment in hell. And the hottest part of hell is reserved for the person that has been baptized in Jesus' name and has been and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and walked with God and walked away. They will suffer worse than any other human in history will in hell. Oh, I felt that hit some of you. Because some of you got children in that condition. Some of you got family in that condition. Well, are you just going to give up on them? Are you going to decide that as long as there's breath in their backslidden heart body that you're going to pray until God does something? I don't mean get in their face. You're not even going to talk to them till they bring up the subject. You're not going to force this on them. They're all, they got all their guards up against that. But you're going to pray. Until God works. Let me tell you, God will not force them to be saved. But let me tell you what you can pray. Since God gives his beloved sleep, you can pray sleep off of them. Since God is the one that created the body to experience pleasure, you can bind the physical ability of their body to get pleasure out of their sin. That can't, that's not going to force them to get saved. If they're going to go to hell, God doesn't have any obligation to let them enjoy the trip if he can just find somebody to pray. I won't call the man's name. I don't know his dad's doctrine, what kind of church he was in. Some kind of spirit-filled church, I do not know the doctrine. Some of you may have heard the testimony. Boy raised in the church, very talented singer, was allured by the bright lights of this world 
sold his talent out for money and fame. But that boy's dad, who was a pastor of some kind, made up his mind that he would only eat one meal a day till his son came back to God. I don't remember how long it was. It was at least seven years. It might have been 13 years. That's how desperately that dad wanted his son to be saved if there was any chance. Was he trying to earn something from God? No. Was he trying to force God's hand? No. He just called on God in every, with every part of his being that God would do whatever was necessary to try to get his son's attention. Really? Really? Your mom doesn't want this, huh? Your dad's not interested. Really? Your brothers, your sisters, they don't care about this. Your children, they're turned off, done, finished, no hope, right? Your husband, your wife, used to know God. They're not interested. Might as well just let them go to hell. There's no chance, no hope. No, a prophecy that someone shared with me that was spoken in a church years ago. The Lord said to this particular church, and I believe it was a message to the church, if I can find one to pray, I can find many to save. If I can find one to pray, I can find many to save. We don't save them by our prayers, but we have the authority to pray till they're delivered enough that at least they're free to see and free to choose. After that, there's nothing else we can do. But at least we can have the peace of knowing they had a chance. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this room right now. Come on, let's pray. Come on. I don't think I'm done. I don't think I'm done. But it's time to pray for a little, a little bit at least. I pray with everything in me that you know I have no desire to come in here and beat you up over and over again. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to follow God. I had no idea I'd speak on this this morning. I didn't have any idea I'd be speaking on it again this afternoon. I'm just trying to obey God, precious ones. I'm just trying to obey God. These aren't my words. They're not. This is not my message. It's just a, just an old earthen vessel that's trying to let the treasure speak through him. That's it. No more, no less. Hear the word of the Lord. In Jesus' name, hear the word of the Lord. In Jesus' name, receive the word of the Lord.
Ita halalala bakahaya. Ila la 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 bakahaya. Ilama. Ilama hakatala la la baha. Jesus' name. 
Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I've just been told we know for a fact that at least 15 people from Egypt, Iraq, and another nation I will not name have watched Call to War. You were praying really good. I got one verse, I'm gonna, I said one content text I'm going to share with you and then I'm going to let you go because I need you to have some extra rest this afternoon because tonight is, we're not just going to dwindle out. Tonight is a, it's major, it's major. There'll be a good crowd here tonight to help us with their strength. 
but you've given so much of yourself and I really don't want you to miss out on this last. He saves the best to last. Ezekiel 22. I believe it's verse 30. I am not preaching to you stuff I've read in a book. I write books under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. I I don't want to participate any other way. I'm not against books. But I have not read a religious book since 1991. The Lord spoke to me and said, I've got things to say to you. I don't want anybody else's thoughts and ideas on the subject influencing what I'm trying to show you. He said, I'm going to give you stuff to write, but I'm not going to let you read other people's stuff. There is absolutely, literally, other than reference works, mostly word studies, I, I I don't read for spiritual purposes. I do occasionally read some uh, Christian fiction, enjoy that, just as a game changer. The main reason I do that is because of the emotional side of it. Now, you can believe what you want, but I, when I spend so much time in all this other, I, I have such an emotional need that needs to be filled that I find that I can do that very safely and easily just by reading a good old, um, well, I might as well tell you, I like Christian fiction romance. I especially like Christian fiction romance written by women because women know all these secrets they don't tell men. But because they're, they assume that no male in his right mind would read these books, they reveal all the secrets. My wife will tell you, I have been a completely different husband since I started reading those. Because I was in on the secrets. So, that's... Confession's good for the soul, and I wasn't feeling guilty anyway. I just thought that if there was anybody wise here that wanted to learn how to always stay really in the black, <clears throat> points-wise, you might find there's another source of good information. Now, you you read your blood and gut stuff, and I'm going to read the stuff that's going to make my marriage better. True, absolutely. That is absolutely my motive. And because, because I've turned off so much emotion ministry-wise to try to be in the flow of the Spirit, there are just times I, I need it. I need something, and I might as well go all the way. I, I cry. My wife looks over at me in the, in the bed. I got tears running down my face. She just shakes her head. She's never fussed because she gets all the benefit from that.
I fight enough in the spirit. I don't want to. I don't want to read about fighting. Absolutely, one hundred percent truth. Do your do what you want to. That's your business. But I just can't believe all that came out of my mouth. Those are deep, dark secrets I don't share very often. <laughs> just hallelujah. But I am secure enough in my manhood and maleness that it doesn't bother me. I realize some are not sure that they're afraid to look at their underwear, maybe be a little lace on it, so they're, they have to feed themselves with all that macho stuff just to counterbalance it. That was pure flesh right there, you know what? That was, there wasn't any Holy Ghost, any of that at all. I just thought I'd let you know that I know that wasn't God. So I, I have assured you that I am capable of, uh, of running my mouth out of the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to have to go repent. <laughs> it's still true. Oh, yeah, it is still true. Hallelujah. Uh, the day, brother, that you learn that marriage is not a game or a contest to see who wins, your marriage will change. I remember the day clearly. It just kind of was a revelation. You know, you tried so hard to win, and you're being pretty stupid. Because every time you win, you lose. If you were smart, you'd try to lose so you could win. It's the truth. You trust me right now, you can't believe how good that works. I got one goal in my marriage. Accept what's necessary to obey the word of God, to be the head of my house. I want to lose every contest. I want her to be so happy with me. Well, after 45 years, I guess she's going to stick around. But, you know, I don't have to want to worry about when I'm out of town whether or not she's sticking around. That's right. That's absolutely right. And I'll pray for those of you that don't have enough <clears throat> maleness about you to have confidence in trying to. You know, I'm really off the subject now. You, you know, one of the hardest things it took me to learn? I'm a fixer. I, I finally learned I needed to listen. But it took me forever to learn that she wanted to talk. She wasn't saying she expected me to fix that. And so she'd talk. I'd go to try to fix it, and she'd be mad. I'm thinking, wait a minute. You told me you had a problem with this. I'm trying to fix it. And, of course, she never said, I didn't ask you to fix it. I had to figure that out. That's free advice also. And it takes a lifetime to learn to know the difference between when they're telling you, this is a problem, please fix it. 
And this is, I'm just trying to, you're my best friend, so I'm just telling you what the problem is. I don't expect you to do anything about it. I've made peace with it just like it is. And it's all by trial and error. And sometimes my batting average wouldn't even get me to the major leagues. But I keep going up to the plate and swinging at those pitches, hoping I hit one out of the park every once in a while. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now that you've had just a little bit of an emotional break, let's do it again. And I sought for a man among them. I, I... I started to say this and got in the flesh. I'm not sharing stuff with you I've read in some book. I'm sharing stuff with you that works in me all the time. And if you know me very well, and if you've ever spent much time around me, you know that's absolutely the truth. Oh, I can talk ball with you, but I follow ball so I can talk to other guys other people have some open door to get in to steer that thing to Jesus. So if they know that I know the three deep depth chart for Navy's both offense and defense, and I know the batting averages of all the guys on the Orioles baseball team, I know the pitcher's ERAs. When I tell you I know that, there's a reason I follow that. Because I don't have much common ground that I could talk to a sinner about till I can get in the door. And if I know those things and I'm able to talk with them, all of a sudden I may be different, but I'm not weird. Hello? If I know who won the Masters or the Open or the U.S. Open or the PGA Championship or I happen to know who's in first place in each of the divisions in the NFL, it's not because I study it a lot. It just kind of sticks. I don't dwell on it, but it's my open door. To build a bridge where all of a sudden I'm not this psycho, off-the-wall fanatic. I'm just a regular guy that's got something real going on inside. And let's talk. So here it is. Along with Psalms 79 and 11, let the sighing of the prisoner come before you according to the greatness of thy power. Preserve thou those that are appointed to die. Besides that one, these two verses in Ezekiel, without God's help, they would drive me absolutely over the edge. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Next verse. Therefore, based on the fact that I sought for someone that could fulfill my 
plan so that I could be justified and still be God in granting mercy because I cannot violate my own word and save. So I sought for somebody that would be a part of my plan, that would stand in that gap with me, that would fulfill the human side of my plan to give me a conduit to work through. If I could find somebody, then I could show mercy. But because I couldn't, I have poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. Not just because of this meeting and not just in this place, but the Spirit of the Lord has been in this meeting as strong as anything I've ever been a part of from beginning to end. The Spirit has been constantly passing among us, trying to find hearts that will let him manifest his love, compassion, mercy, and burden, and the authority that's necessary to help these people through them. He's looking right now. What do you say? Don't be looking at me. He's looking right now. What if he wanted to save your city? But all we're doing is having church and preaching a little bit, claiming that we're fulfilling his responsibility. When he's not looking for somebody to preach first, he's looking for somebody to pray. What if he's looking for somebody to pray? Oh, if he was looking for somebody to preach, there's a bunch of us would jump up and stand in line. But he's looking for somebody to pray. To pray. Have you considered my servant Job? Nah, you got a hedge around him. There's nothing I can do. But what if, my friend, God leaves a, a, a hole in the hedge that the only way people can be saved is that he can find humans that he can work through to complete the hedge. Come on. Come on, I'm not looking for a lot of noise. That's not what I'm expecting. I just want to know. The Holy Ghost just wants to know. How can you do anything but pray, Brother Right, if you do this? Because I seek the will of my Father every day and I do that. You can believe what you want to. I don't care what you believe. I know the truth. I've had days the Lord sent me the golf course. I know that as sure as I'm standing here. Because he knows my frame. And no matter how much burden and passion my soul has, my frame can't always keep up. And he knows there's sometimes that there's just got to be some recreation 
We call it recreation. Do you know there's a difference between entertainment and recreation? The purpose of recreation is recreating, restoring, physical, the, the physical, the physical side. We've got to tr- learn to trust our Father. I've been on vacations. I'm going to go again. Why? Because my Father is going to send me on them. I put Him ahead of my wife every day. Most of the time, all day long. But there are times He says, She's mine. I gave her to you. I trusted her to you. Now I want you to take her someplace and give her as much of your undivided attention as you possibly can. Because she needs it and so do you. I trust my Father. I trust my Father. He's not going to call me to pray 30 hours a day, 10 days a week. That's not God. I trust my Father. I trust my Father. But if he calls me to not go do this or do that, but I need you to pray today. I got a gap. I need somebody to fill. I'm trying to save some people that if I can't find somebody to pray, my justice, my truth demands that I pour out judgment and my will, my mercy, my love doesn't want to pour out just judgment. It wants to save, but I can't violate my own word. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, 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 I beg you to understand again. I'm not trying to shame you into this. No, God forbid. I'm not trying to put you on a guilt trip. No, no, no. I'm just telling you what God is offering you. I'm telling you what he desires to do if you're willing. I'm telling you of his call. And the calling of God is an invitation. Every Greek word I was able to find, every Greek reference says the call of God is not a demand. It's an invitation to an opportunity to be involved with God. It's not a guilt trip. It's not a demand. God doesn't shame us into this. He wants volunteers. Uh, Yoye drafts us, but he wants volunteers. So he doesn't issue orders. He issues invitations. Come be a part. 
part of me. Come be a part of what I'm doing. Come join with me and let me use you. If you've prayed so much about this and you're emptied out and you don't know anything left to pray, that's really good. That's not bad. I prayed everything I know to pray about it, Brother Wright. I've said everything I know how to say. I've, I've, I've committed everything I know how to commit to. I don't know what else to do. Good. I'm going to tell you what to do. You're going to get your stuff together. And you're not going to stay here. You're going to get your stuff together. You're going to leave this room as quickly as possible. You're going to go get something to eat. And you're going to go rest. And you're going to be excited about coming back here at 7 o'clock to see what God's going to do in this final session. That's what you're going to do. You're not going to stay here out of guilt. And I going to stay here trying to manipulate God. You've been praying. You've committed. You've emptied out. Now it's time to go rest. And come back refreshed. It's time. Oh, and by the way, 51,926. 51,926. Oh, God, help us. Oh, that's right. He is. <laughs> Hallelujah.